Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Hello and welcome. What's the one thing we could brainstorm for you that such that might make everything else easier and or unnecessary? Isaac. So Steve, my question's for you. What would you say were either the or some of the most successful moves that you made to hire great people in like your specific tactic? Was it Indeed? Was it finding people around town that you thought were great character and you just hire them? I just don't know whether to lean back into Indeed and let that be what I go after or if there's something else I'm missing that you suggest to to people that are winning? Yeah, great question. I wish there was one single source, yeah. but it wasn't a single source of promotion. It was a campaign. So it was networking. I would email my customer list. I would let everybody know networking. I was, we would check everywhere online. Now, Indeed is different. So there are three, there's Indeed, there's uh, Craigslist, and even sometimes Facebook, and they vary from market to market and from region yeah. to region. What I would advise is test all three at the same time. Okay. Online and see which nets you the best results, but also use this opportunity to email your customer list because what does it say when a company's hiring about a company? That they're doing well and people are liking them. It's an ABA. Yes, sir. So don't miss that opportunity. Yeah, that's a good right? point. Also post it on social and let everybody know, let your reps know yeah. and let your team know. And then also something that we learned from Ryan, my head's blocking his book. But hire better people faster. So mm -hmm. I'd read that book. Um, really good. And it is to offer paid days off as yep. a sign-on bonus. The younger generation would rather have paid days off than more money. So my yeah. generation, it's no, we want to work twice as much and make more mm -hmm. money. But the younger generation, they want paid time off as a sign-on bonus. So make sure you put that up at the top of your ads as well. And then let your team know, hey, if you guys refer somebody, then I will give both of you paid time off. If they yeah. stay, if they stick X amount of days. Okay. I thought about making these four by six, like nicely designed cards, glossy cards and leaving them at Sherwin Williams so that like other painters that maybe are working for someone else or just doing their own thing might see it and go, Hey, I'd like to work for that company. Do you think that's worth my while? So I don't know that I do that, but that reminded me one thing that I did was I would encourage my team every time they go into the paint store, because what painters do when they go into the paint store is they ask, hey, how's it going over there? And what they really want to know is what's it like working for the company you work for? Mm -hmm. And I would encourage them to say, guys, that's your opportunity to recruit. And when yeah. you recruit, you get compensated, you get rewarded, you get bonus, you get paid, you get more paid time off, whatever it might yeah. be. You can try to leave the cards behind, but I wouldn't go out of your way investing too much. Yeah. Okay. Isaac, one thing about in, Indeed, because I've been using it a lot, it works well for, for me in my geographic area, but they did just do away with the pay per applicant fee, and now they do a budget fee. And so yeah. I, went from pay, I went from paying a few hundred bucks a month to December. I paid like 
$1,200 in December because the way their system works now. And it's really unfair. I even called them and told them as much. I was really sweet about it. But we, if you get fraud, there's no tab to click to say, hey, this is fraud. And if you get applicants that apply that do not have any experience at all, I get charged for all them now. So I've had to, I put my account on pause, not canceled it, but I'm going to reword a lot of things on it to make sure that I'm giving people who want to do what we're doing. Yeah. Um, because that's, because right now I have one, one that I'm training. And then, so the one I was looking for now is not somebody that I want trained. I want somebody that's well-experienced because I'm not desperate at the moment. Mm. Um, so I'm going to try to find somebody who's well-experienced, but I spent about a thousand dollars on people that were applying that I immediately deleted because I didn't even call them or, or anything. I could tell they did not have anything to do with my experience. Just know that about Indeed. Do a little bit of uh, research on it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. So for me, the best referral that wants to work for me right now is my guys. Like Steve mentioned, I mean, tell if you have one guy or two guys to say, hey, if you bring someone here, mm -hmm. I'll give you a day or two days off after 90 days training. Just mention that. Okay. It's not going to be like, Come the first week, you leave and get the, those two days. Let them know it's 90 days training. And after 90 days, if the employee stays, you have two days off, okay, or one day, whatever you can afford. Right. But with me, it works perfect so far. So those two guys that are coming, that's what it is about. I post on the Craigslist this, like Indeed or ZipRecruiting, I don't like it at all. Like Darren was mentioning, there, you got to be very careful, very specific when they put in Indeed. Or probably if they're doing one day and turn it off, whatever, pause it. Yeah. For me, a referral, say to my guys this and that. That's all two guys. I have two interviews this week. I have one today and one on Friday. So we'll see how it goes. But with, with your employees, I think works the best for me. Yeah. So the one employee I've got right now, I told him all that stuff. But I, for him, told him, if you bring someone on, I'll give you $200. If they stay for 90 days, I'll give you another 200 no okay. cash. Don't offer cash. No cash. No, -uh. because cash is going to come from your pocket. It's not right. From the company is different because they can work and they can save like a day or two days. If you read the book, Steve was mentioning it before. I don't know if you see that, but there it is. Put it right yeah, in front of your so, face. There you go. Uh, the, the guy says, or Ryan says, like no cash. And I said yeah. to my guys, you come into work for me. It's no cash. I'll give you a day off, whatever it is, if you finish the job, which I have to work on it about, but no cash. I don't offer any more cash. Whoever comes, no. It doesn't exist anymore. That's it. Sure. So that yeah. book, grab it here. Hire Better People yeah. Faster, if you see it behind me, by Ryan England, E-N-G-L-I-N. And he was on the podcast a few episodes ago. Awesome podcast. We had a ton of positive feedback. Yeah, you should listen to that too. Yep. Ryan's a good guy. Cool. All Thanks, right. Man. You're welcome, Daryl. You're up. Yeah. So mine's not really big. I just want to get an idea. Like how I was talking about with the Indeed thing, getting people that are not qualified. <laughs> I, I'm going through my application. And so what I've been finding is people that I've been hiring, not a lot, but some of the people, they're their experience level. You know how it is when you ask somebody and you talk to them about their experience and their experience is like at an eight. And then when you bring them on, you can see it's more like a two. And so I've had that issue a few times this year. And I have that issue right now with one of the two that I brought on because I had asked her about 
she had said that she does she knows very well how to do tape and bed and float and all that and that's all. so i brought her on under the condition that hey I'm, i've got a few jobs coming up that i can absolutely use some help on and so i got her started yesterday on tape and in bed and, and literally within 30 seconds i could t- see that she's not experienced on that at all and it's not that she lied to me she thought she knew <laughs> but she doesn't so i stuck her on the other side of the house doing painting with the crew and she did great but my question is, this is what I have on my application when they ask, when I ask them what position they're hiring for. I have three of them. And one of them is trainee, which is learning to be a professional painter. No experience necessary. That's pretty self-explanatory. And then I have another one that's one to two years full-time residential painting. Sounds pretty self-explanatory. And then my final one is, which is what I've been looking for and trying to hire for is professional journeyman painter with three plus solid full-time residential painting and to me that looks very specific on who i'm looking for but when i bring them in they're more they're like in between the trainee level and the one to two years and so i'm having a hard time because it can't be their fault if it's happened to me once maybe but if it's happened two or three times in a year it's got to be me and so what am i not asking properly i don't know I think I know. Okay, cool. (laughs) Do you call their three references and confirm their experience? I do. And a couple of them haven't, when they've painted for somebody it's been years ago. And so they they were painting for someone three or four years, it's been three or four years ago. The one that I called right now, the one that I hired right now, she worked with her ex-husband for a few years. So I didn't call that reference. So this one's on me. But most of these people that I'm hiring, the two, let's say two or three that I've got this year, they, they only had one person that they were working for. And so I didn't call on the painter reference on the last one because I didn't trust the source. Mm. So which could, could be a red flag in itself because you're working for somebody like that. That's a red flag too. But I just, if you, if you say you have three full-time years experience painting, you should be really good in my eyes. Yes. And we should be really good at confirming. So what did Reagan say? Trust, but confirm. Yes. So I would encourage you to make sure it's part of the procedure to Mm. call and speak to three references, confirming their experience. Yeah. Uh, If we don't, then that, that when we skipped that step, is when we made bad hires mm-hmm. or misjudged uh, hires. Yeah. yeah. But I remember I was thinking back. I remember I had one guy, I think his name was Tim, years ago back when I had my company in Michigan, who was the only one ever who came back and said, Steve, I want to apologize. I thought I was a painter and I realize that I am not a painter and I have so much to learn. I said, thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Let's watch your pay. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't think I adjusted it, but I just really appreciated him coming back saying, I thought that he said I knew how to. Is that Steve? I, I probably do need to do that a little better. I've been, some of the references I haven't been calling back because they weren't paint related, but still would be quality and, and character related. But like I said, the, the girl that I hired now, the team lover, she, yesterday was her first day. And she's very sweet. She's been very busy and doing what we ask her to do but i i didn't ask the questions on the drywall properly for sure <laughs> but yeah you, reference references what's that could you add another question after yeah. that it says describe your painting or describe your experience 
I, I do. In fact, I have that on my form with her. I don't think she had it on there because I think maybe I changed it after she did her application because she applied like over a month ago. Okay. Um, and I did recently change it out. You say that I did recently change it, like explain your experience or your description of, of your work. I'm trying to see which one it is now, but I know we've got things to go. Do you have drywall finishing and texture experience? Please explain. Yeah. Yeah. And I could probably word that question better too, because that sounds just like any other app, app, um, boss trying to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. I spoke nope, that, nail hole. That, yeah, that helps me. So yeah. do you guys call that uh, reference before the interview or after the interview? I would do it absolutely before because I don't want to bring them on. But like Steve said, I've probably neglect. I have. I've neglected that part of it because a lot of these people have moved in from out of town. And the painter they were with was a couple of years ago. And so I, I should have still called them and didn't. Not with the hire that I have now, but with the one that I let go recently. So that's on me. Well, if is, is that suspicious for you when the guy apply the Google form and it says, okay, here are my references and it's everybody's individual instead of putting a company name, like four or five guys. Yeah, that's a red so flag. So when you have the guy that says, oh, I have a long experience in looking for the top notch dollars and all his references, they are like single person, it's not company. So it's a red flag to me. So I don't know, you know. Yeah, no, there's same a, it's true. But in Daryl's defense, he's in a very small market, very different from Naples. I've been to both, so I can speak mm-hmm. to this. And so it's this is going to be much harder for Daryl. Daryl's probably the largest company in his market. And so it's going to be hard for them to, it's going to be a lot of this, more so than coming from other companies. Uh, I remember back yeah. in Florida, I used to call my competitors, say, hey, Joe just applied. What do you think? And they'd give it to me straight. He said, he's good here. He's bad there on this and on that. And we had that respect for each other. And so that was great when there's larger companies in the market but when you're in a rural area it's going to be tougher so i get that yeah um, it is and that, that's the weird thing most of the painting companies out here there's probably only three or four of us have a business name everybody else is by their first name <laughs> okay very good thank you daryl hey Seuss, you're up yeah so one thing i've been thinking about here steve is nothing major but this is uh related to a business credit and debit card mm-hmm. or or my lead to purchase material on the spot so that way bills will pile up. Maybe it's nothing big for someone that has cash flow has cash flow going consistently, but me when I'm slow, I was thinking of that. Is that something you guys ever tried it before? Having your lead carry a credit card, debit? Yeah, we've we've done that, but it, it's your paint vendor, you shouldn't need that. For us, it was like maybe a Home Depot or gasoline. Yeah. Okay. So what do I do with my guy? Um, I have a second account, which is like very low amount of money, like $1,000. And he has a debit card instead of credit card. Mm. So when he goes to Home Depot and everything, he brings the receipt no matter what. But I trust the guy. That's what I, I, just in case I put a thousand bucks. So he has that card and I do have that card too, but I check every day. So don't go with a credit card. The better choice is like, you're going to open the company's company debit account, whatever they call, and have that guy have a card. But still, they're going to ask him for the social security, ID, all this kind of stuff. But don't open the credit card. Okay. Thank that's you. my suggestion. So I don't know. Maybe somebody has a better idea, but that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So we would just set up, I think it was $500 limits. 
cards or I forget if they were debit cards or credit cards, whatever it was. We did set up cards for them, but they had $500 limits. It was just for, for a couple of the leads in a pinch. They need some gasoline or Home Depot run or something. And, and if it was a major purchase, then they would just have Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever call us. And then obviously at the paint stores, we had accounts there, so they didn't need anything. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. It, it also depends on how often the situation would come up because it's it rarely comes up with me, but I've just... The other thing that I've done is sent an e-transfer. So I don't know what you call those down south of the border, but to like just via my banking app and just mm. send them the money and then they can use their credit card or debit, whatever they want to pay for it, just so that they're not out of pocket for the 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah, that's right. We have kids these days, Cash App and Venmo and all that other stuff. We didn't have that back in my day. So that makes it easier. <laughs> Sounds good. Right on. All right, Craig, you're up. Actually, it's continuing the the painter hiring vibe. Yeah, I started, I actually turned back my turn my Indeed ad back on. I've gotten a number of applicants through that. I think I will turn it off before before $2,000 disappears from my account. Thanks for the tip, Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, so I've, I've had it turned on for less than a week, so I don't think that'll be into thousands of dollars. But yeah, so good suggestions in terms of hiring. Just thinking about, and also good suggestions about the calling the references. I will double down on that. I in the past, I have called references, but just a reminder about the importance of that is very handy. Just in terms of the type of person that I'm looking for, though. So currently, all three of my employees are fairly decent. They're fairly competent. One has a vehicle. And I don't know. He's happy working for me. But at the same time, I, I have in the back of my head, I wonder if he has in his brain to to split at some point in time and do his own thing. I might have to be replacing him uh, in, in a couple of months. I imagine that he's going to stick with me for the winter because nobody quits during the winter when it's hard to find jobs. Mm. Um, so I imagine that's still the case. Uh, so it would be nice to have another person with a vehicle uh, and some experience. Uh, but at the same time, the other two are competent enough that I think that they could train somebody. So I could go the route of hiring somebody inexperienced. So what are your guys' thoughts? Should I be looking more so for experienced? And I have a comment before, before you get that far, Craig, is mm -hmm. do a stay interview with the guy and see what his thoughts are. I've had that conversation with one of my guys very recently because I was thinking he's getting burnt out and he wasn't getting burnt out with the job. He's getting burnt out with some other things. So I worked through some mm. stuff with him. So I'd want to find out a nice way. If you're going to, if you do want to leave or if you only want to be here for a few more months, that's cool. Let me start hiring now and I will bless you on your way out. I came about it. I came about it with that attitude with him instead of, Hey, I noticed your attitude is kind of shady lately. What's up with that? I didn't do any of that. Mm. Um, and so his attitude changed for the most part and, and got better. I thought I was going to be replacing him instead. I just added one more to my team anyways, but. Um, yeah, that's a good suggestion. Cause if we part amicably, then I can always use him for, for sub sub projects. Yeah. And, and to answer your second question, should you be hiring for experience versus training? I guess it depends on where you are. Because my thing right now, what I'm hiring for is experience only because I have one that I just hired that's in training. 
So I'm not I'm not so backed up to where I have to have uh, or where I if I don't hire anybody, I'm not hurting. So right now I'm I can be a little bit picky on my hiring as far as not the quality or character of a person, but on their experience level. So right now I'm searching for people who are journeyman experience only, but that's because I'm training one right now and I don't want to be training two people. But if I don't want to pass up an opportunity for a journeyman painter that comes on my way too. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. The thing about the thing about my market is it's I guess it's similar for all you guys. It seems like people that have five years experience, somebody's inflated their head most of them so it, it's hard to find somebody that's yeah. actually got experience and a level of humility where they can know that they're not like gifted from the gods with the golden paintbrush i personally find it really, really difficult hiring people with experience because i'm also i we do higher end residential stuff and half the time i spend more time breaking them of bad habits than anything else it's just i probably just i almost prefer to have somebody who's like the only real skill that i'd like them to have is the ability to use a brush well and then from there on out i want to teach them our system from there on out and really the only reason i need them to have a brush is just because i think there's a bit of like talent that you need to have in that that's inherent but i think i'm currently trying to work on having my standards and operating procedures really clearly laid out so that I can hand that right over to them and be like, Hey, these are the expectations, but it's just my two set or my experience really. So Craig, I would lean towards hiring a rookie for a couple of reasons. One is like Bryce was saying, you can train them up in your way, but two is if I heard you correctly, the painters you have now are skilled enough that they can teach somebody else. I like that idea, especially because we learn something deeper when we train somebody else. So it's going to help take them to the next level of their skill because they have to think through it critically from other perspectives. That makes sense. And it gives you a better, it makes it easier for you to hire for character. That part is true. (laughs) And then let your guys know too. say, hey, I see leadership potential in you. So give them a reputation to live up to. Say, listen. I believe you're a great leader and you're going to be a great trainer. And so I'm bringing on some rookies and your guys let, let you guys develop your leadership skills, your training skills. Yeah. One, one, one painter of mine in particular really is eager to develop his leadership skills. And he's, yeah, he's like a words of affirmation type person. So mm-hmm. in his Christmas card, I, I wrote about his leadership skills and he, yeah. And he was really, touched by that yeah i think if i was to if i was to put somebody under him Mm. he would he would really rise to the occasion there you go right on and then you might read john maxwell's five levels of leadership with them which is right there i have it i have there you go right on awesome all right moving along thank you you're welcome florin you're up yeah what i'm looking for this week is because i have a new driver what they call my foreman is driving my van. So do you guys have any rules and the writing rules, let's say, so I can go through him with, the, with those rules, say like, hey, you have to drive your car to the home and he's driving his car home no matter what. And I trust the guy, it's not that I don't trust, but still I have to put him on the paper so to see what it is as the rules. Also, I'm looking for a subcontractor rules because I have a painting company, he's a friend of mine actually. And I'm trying to give him some work, which I cannot, 
I will not be able to do it, but still I need the subcontractor rules because sometimes, okay, that's the paint, that's what I need. And you go there and you see different quality paints. So it's, I like to be black and white, bottom line. Yeah, in short, so the good news is you're hired for character. So you don't have to worry about it too much. Usually when somebody comes back and says, I need a policy for this and policy for that and policy for this. So just policy on top of policy. Those are usually red flags that you didn't hire okay. for character and or the culture's not there, which isn't your case. So when I for character, we didn't make a big deal about vehicle policies. We did oh. ask them to take them home and they would say, hey, listen, if I need to run to the grocery store or whatever, can I take it? I said, yeah, absolutely. Bowling alley, you take your family out. Absolutely. Just do do the team a favor and brand park. And they knew okay. what that meant. because I talked about it all the time. So that's where you just you park where, you know, by the road or where everybody can see the vehicle because everything matters. Everything counts. And so we make a big deal about that. In fact, Florin, you'll get this one. So we're up in Venice. I got a text when one of our crew leads were down in Cape Coral at an Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) Just an hour, 15 hour, about an hour away from where we're from. And so in in our group, me and our team map, I'd said, hey, Stephen was his name. Say, how's that steak, buddy? And he'd go, what? You got these cars, GPS? (laughs) Did you throw GPS on the cars? I'm like, no, you did a great job brand parking. Somebody saw it down there who knows us and shot me a text. (laughs) Well done. Actually, it happened yesterday in the morning. I was in the stoplight and the van passed by. So I called my guy. I said, hey, it's nice to see my car on the road. Yeah, "Yeah, I'm driving my wife and work, but I will be there on time. That's fine. I said, it's no problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's it. As long as you have for character, you don't need policy on top, policy on top, policy. Okay, 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 cool. Thank you. Right on. You're welcome. Bryce? All righty. Right now, we're we're good and busy. We've got some some projects that we've got going on. I'm trying to figure out, I'm struggling to get the guys to lean on their work orders where I can't tell if it's the way that I write my estimates because we use drip jobs. And so the estimates just bounces into a work order or maybe there's some changes I need to make in how I write the estimates, but there's not as much detail in those work orders as I would like. Mm. And it ends up where I either they don't call me and then something happens, the wrong color goes somewhere or they do call me and I end up being on the phone with the guys constantly. And so I'm trying to figure out, I don't know, tips and tricks, maybe any sort of advice that you guys have about clearly presenting work orders and making sure that everything is understood, what y'all's experience are with that. Have you tried downloading the Loom app and just recording a short Loom video, walking around the project, pointing out the unobvious or just the details of uh, the job that you want to make sure that they capture. No, I haven't. I'm not even, I don't know if I've even heard of that. L O O M loom. Mm-hmm. I never heard of any videos. You can take a link and uh, put the link for using Monday for your project management. You can post a link to the Monday board for the video work order. I would call it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What's, what's the advantage of using loom versus just shooting a regular video? And with Loom, it'll make a quick link for you. So it's much easier to sh- cross share across devices with Loom versus a regular video. Then you've got to upload the video and you've got to send it over to them and, and it might work. But with Loom, you just grab a link and you can send them a link instead of sending them a video. So it's just a lot easier to share. It's streamlined. And you could also embed that link into the work order itself. That's true. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. That was actually, that was a great suggestion. Right on. You're welcome. <laughs>
Okay, Chris, you're up. Okay. I guess my question would be, it feels like everybody is at W2. And we're, I'm doing a subcontractor model. And I'd like to know what your guys' pros and cons are in Texas. I know a lot of it is about taxes. But what's your guys' opinions? So I'll lead just to put the base level principles out there. They both work. And there are pros and cons to both. So it's not that one's better than the other. With employees, uh, it's a slower build of the company, but you have more control over the customer experience um, and culture, customer experience and culture. Uh, With subcontractors, you can grow faster, but you have less control over the customer experience and culture. So I did the first probably six, seven years of my business with subcontractors. And there are a couple things about it that I find frustrating. And there's also some rules and regulations about how you're allowed to conduct business with a subcontracting team. Not that everybody follows it, uh, Pro. Like, for example, if you have a subcontracting team, you're not really allowed to brand with them. I know some companies do it anyway, but it's a lot harder to, to brand. That's one thing. And so it's the next thing that I notice is that a lot of times, subcontracting teams the what i want is i want consistency because we can build and we can sell really well when we know that we have a really consistent product right and that consistency comes with knowing who's on staff who's doing what who's doing this who's doing that a lot of the times i've struggled with subcontractors where i've got a subcontractor and he because i still have a guy who i keep for when certain projects roll up and it's not like a an A plus client. If it's a project where they're like, we just need to done quickly. We're not super picky. We're just, we're trying to get sold. We're trying to get out of the house. I'm like, great. My sub team can come bang this out. But, and that works fine. But then when I have a real high quality client, I struggle with her. Like I'll have my sub guy come and I know him. I trust him really well, but like he'll, he might bring three different guys on three different days to come be his helper. You know, you have no control over who's on the job site. And one time I had a really big subcontracting crew. They were amazing. They could bang out a giant project in less than a week. They just go hammer it out really hard. But the struggle was, it was like, there were five guys on staff and one of those guys on staff, I did not like. And I started to realize that he was bringing or dragging our culture down. And then you go to have a conversation with the sub and you go, Hey man, like we need to correct his behavior because he's representing all of us in my company on this job site and he's not doing a great job about it. And they were really hesitant to do that. They were like, look, man, we're doing great. Just, you just worry about finding work, whatever. It's okay. Like I'm not really concerned about it. So that's one other struggle. And one last thing, just cause I've had a, a lot of experience with both ways is the incentive structure is for my guys, what I love to do. And for our hiring clients and for our A plus clients, I tell them, I'm like, if the client asks for extras and this, that, and a third, for the most part, do it. The goal is to keep them happy. The goal is that we want them when we're done with this project, we want them to tell everybody about us. We want them to be so thrilled with the project that they can't shut up about it. That's how we stay consistently work. And I spend $0 on advertising or buying leads or any of that. But then with the subcontractors, they're like, get it done because I make more money the the faster I get it done. And then 
there, there's that moral hazard there where all of a sudden they like to, they're a subcontractor is much more likely to cut a corner than an employee. Cause my employee for the most part knows I'm going to make a deal out of it and I'm going to inspect. And, and, and that's the culture we expect. Our expectations are very clear. So that's my experience. Thank you, Bryce. Any other thoughts for Chris? Okay. Chris, was that helpful? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Something to ponder. You start going mm-hmm. one direction and you get committed to it, but I'm always interested in the pros and cons. So we'll see. And, and my suggestion to you actually is not to just say it's one or the other. I have found a bit of a balance with doing both where if I'm going to stick a crew in a million dollar home and we're doing like, we're making amazing money and we're charging top dollar for great work, then that's a perfect thing for my employees. And I explain, Hey, we, we don't work super quickly. We're going to take our time and get it done the right way. But then when I have projects where people call and it's really not, it's something that their priority list is a little different. They want it good, fast and cheap, whatever it is. And they're just trying to get the best job they can for the lowest dollar amount they can sometimes that's a perfect job for my subcontractors and it works it makes perfect sense to just be like here you go guys go bang it out so i wouldn't get too stuck on am i doing a or b it's like you could you might over time find that you're doing a combination of both that's a good point bryce there are many companies large very large companies who run hybrids i know one a three million dollar company in boston comes to mind right now they do all all their interior are employees and then they've got exterior for subs and that just works for them so hybrid's fine as well all right time is here to uh roll out with takeaways isaac lead the way yeah so i liked that loom link idea i think i'm gonna give that a shot and then just little bits from everybody like it was a great conversation and thank you isaac daryl yeah going through all the the hiring things one thing i realized I thought about just a few minutes ago. I have SOPs on a lot of things through my business. Steve did an amazing class on that. And I don't have an SOP, Steve, on my hiring. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I don't have one on my hiring. So I'm going to work on that this week. There you go. (laughs) Awesome. Very good. Thank you, Daryl. Hey, Seuss. Yes, mine is everything matters. Everything counts. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you, Craig. I'm going to be calling some references after I do some interviews for sure. <laughs> right on. And, and right turning on. off indeed before it costs me uh, an arm and a leg. Yes, sir. Trust, but confirm. Florin. Yeah, for you, Darren. I have it ready. Good. Email okay. it over to and me. There buddy. it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Florian, you was in the SOP class yeah. too. Yeah. Way to go. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah, look into that loom too, because I have a work order for my guys, and that's a good idea to go for it. Even for my foreman, is John mm-hmm. McCarr. It's, it's, I'm going to talk to him a little bit, like advertise more, go around the town, and whoever goes to buy the paint and everything. But that's it for today. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Florent. Bryce? <laughs> I'm going to be downloading the loom app. I think that's going to be uh, really handy for getting some of the questions answered before they even get asked. Awesome. Um, improving efficiencies. Glad to hear it. Thank you, Bryce. And Chris, close us out through takeaways, please. Fantastic. Yes, sir. Everybody's hiring. Thank you. All right. Thank you all. This concludes Mastermind. I want to encourage everybody to continue to dream big, hustle smarter. You've got this. Yes, sir. Take care, buddy.
Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. See you, guys. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.